The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to It Came From The Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. Uh, with me is no one else. I am here by myself, virtually distanced, of course, um, because we have a show that is full, chock full of interviews and segments. In addition to myself, senior correspondent Charlie Salazinos and filmman Jenny Feldy's overview of the Eternal Con from that very same convention in three Separate interviews, Jen talks with the L.I. Paranormal Investigators, author Pat Shen, and none other than actor Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon himself. On top of all that, L.Man Jenny Feldy interviews author Mark Bradford. Before we get into any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That is Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. So all the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrate over 26 years of confidence and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. That next convention is scheduled for December the 17th. It is their Big Apple Christmas Con all the way in December. And uh, their headliner as of right now is uh, none other than artist Jim Strenko. Tickets are on sale as I speak. And I want to give a shout-out for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dressing Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. Want to have your own little shout out? Go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. A little button on there takes you right to our Patreon page, and just for a dollar a month, you can get a shout out on our show. So, since we have no news, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back. We came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bernan Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about Simpsons Land at Universal Studios. It was amazing! Yes, says the Simpson diehard fan. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Riley. Okay, okay, okay. So this is what we did. First, we came there. It was a really good, nice place. Then we went to Simpsons Land. And that was just amazing. Like we had, cru- we ate crusty burgers at Moe's Tavern. 
Okay, you're not telling it right, man. I am. We also got a Homer donut. Okay, that thing wait, was you're huge. Doing it out of it was order. like it was like a big apple pie. So basically, we got there and we walked through Jimmy Fallon, which is the Tonight Show in Florida, which is sort of funny considering yeah, we came that. from New York and then went on the Tonight Show ride. Yep. Anyways, then we did Transformers, which I thought was awesome. Because that was good, too. I couldn't tell what was 3D and what was real. It was very awesome. But then, as Riley said, we went to Simpsons Land. So first, we walked into the town, and there was Krusty's Burger. Burger. And it was funny, because it was in Moe's Tavern. So, at 11 o'clock in the morning, we decided to get Krusty Burgers. Yep. So this is what happened. We got a crusty burger. It was actually looked pretty good. It was like a had lettuce, tomato, cheese. Like it wasn't like a regular slice of American cheese. It was like a hot cheese you just pour. It was like on nacho it. cheese. Yeah, and then you put ketchup and stuff on it. It was it was actually pretty good. They also have this secret sauce. And uh, Julie got a real crusty burger. Me and Dad didn't really get a real one. See, there was more, like, bread than burger. Yeah, it was too it, much bread. It's sort of like what you would imagine a crusty burger to be like. Yeah, it was not Pretty very... crusty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, then, we had that at most Tavern. It was pretty good. Then, after that, we there was this other place. It was called, like, Lisa's Tea or something. And they showed it had a, a Homer donut. Like, it's yeah. a donut that Homer always eats all the time. It's like a pink donut, rainbow sprinkles, and it was, well, not a pink donut, pink frosting. There's pink frosting on it, but basically, it was the size of a pie. It was bigger than Riley's head. It Double was, the size. Mm-hmm. It was incredible how big it was, and we just had to get it. Yeah. It was just a need-to-get thing. Actually, didn't really have to get it, but we just got it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're in the Simpsons town, you need to get a Homer Donut. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, anyways, then we went to... Krusty's Ride. It was like a Krusty Ride. Well, it was like one of his famous rides and stuff. And we went on, it was basically about, like, this roller coaster, and Shy's show Bob just, like, hijacked it and made it all this, like, chaos and stuff. Yeah, so we were carrying this pink donut. Well, my mom was carrying this pink donut. While we were on the ride. While we were on the ride. And there was Simpsons TV show showing while we were at the, you know, at the ride. Yeah. So we came off the ride. We decided, let's go to, let's just hang out a little bit. So we were hanging out and my dad went and got a Duff beer for us, right? We tried it. So my dad tried it. He said it wasn't. It was okay. And then Julie dry, tried it. Did no, you? No, like I'm it? the one who opened it. Oh yeah, you opened it. <laughs> Did you try so it? I go. Can I try it? And he goes, Yeah. And then he started taking a video. I opened the can and I tried it, and it tasted like flat orange Gatorade. It was like disgusting Fanta. It was like Fanta that sat out too long. And then I tried it. You could tell my face turned, like, rotten, and then I just basically looked like I barfed it out. But no, I actually spit it out. Same thing. No, but, um, it was probably what you would think Duff beer tastes like for not I don't think it's actually drink. like real beer, like a Corona beer. It's not like very that. good. 
Yeah, that's true. We got it at the quickie mark, though. Exactly. Yeah. But it was an awesome time. We would definitely go there again. And for our Simpson diehard fans, yeah, it's a perfect place to go to Universal. Yeah. All right. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to A Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. I am here in person, live, on tape, at the Eternal Con, with none other, with our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. I'm just overwhelmed with happiness and joy. And L-Man Jenny Feldy. I could have a little more happiness and joy, but I'm feeling good. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Good to see you. Finally, you're back. You're back out of cons. Is the pandemic over? I, I maybe it's fifty fifty with a ten percent chance of that. Fauci said the pandemic's over, but Biden said we're gonna have another one, so we might not see Mark for a while. So everyone enjoy this togetherness because it might not happen for a while. We'll see. So conglomerate of joy. <laughs> so we are here uh, talking about what we thought of the Eternal Con. Um, as I, as Jen mentioned, uh, this is my first time back to a big con since the pandemic. It's a uh, it's very nice. It's a mid-sized con. And it was in the sports complex of Hofstra, which I had never been to. So it's in the sports arena, and the way they have it set up, it gives it a larger impression for being a mid-sized con. It makes it look like an actually big-time con. What did you think of the uh, convention? You went. You actually guys went last year, right, to the Eternal Con, I right? So. Did you go? I believe so. You know, I seem to have dementia the last few years. You know, life's just a blur, but I'm definitely eternally grateful to be here. It feels like a big con to me, and uh, it was pretty cool because the second I pulled in, I was thinking of Tom Ryan and Todd Saruch, and then I walk up, and Todd Saruch is walking out of the building with Wonder Woman. So a little, a little fun, you know, premonition there. Always good to see him. And what did you think of uh, you were here last year, right, Charlie? Yeah, I was. Um, I, I tell you, I, I thought... Um, at this time last year, it was which is was the end. It was it was crowded. But given the uh, given the fact that this is a holiday weekend, I think people are going to party tonight, tomorrow, and uh, possibly Monday. But I there was a big turnout today. During the day, there was a, a big turnout. I love the setup. I love the setup. It. it um, it just uh, eliminates the clutter, the banging into people, and uh, so as far as the setup goes, it was excellent. So, what did you think of all the people that were here? It's nice for me to see people I haven't seen pre-pandemic. It's crazy having seen, like I haven't seen you since then. It's like all of a sudden the pandemic is now aligned. I was like, you know, I haven't seen you since your birthday. New Year's is now an official event. Was the pandemic? What was it like coming back? At least for me, it was crazy. Have you seen uh, people that you haven't seen since the pandemic, or this is just people you're getting used to seeing? Well, uh, 
I came into the show during the pandemic. Just before, yeah. Yeah, so nothing's changed for me. I mean, it's just been a steady, weird time. Life is always weird, and it's definitely great to be here. Very, very talented people. It's very inspiring to see people that are so talented, and they've been working on their art for several years, and here they're showing it off, and it seems to be appreciated. How about you, then, Charlie? I think that people were so bottled up that it's just such a um, a happy, happy vibe. Like uh, I know I'm, you know me. I'm pleased. I I'm pleased that this is back. We're back, and I think that's the I think that's the feel of most of the people that were here. They're all happy. Nobody looks like they're they're like kids in candy store. They're looking again. They're, they're glad to be out. They're glad to be, you know. They sometimes look like they're not happy to be at cons. Is that a thing? I, I, I have seen cons where people look aggravated and people, yeah, people look like they're disgusted. They're, they're cosplaying. They're, they're banging into each other. Uh, you, you need to go to a Comic Con and you, yeah, no, but you can't fit through the aisles. And people trying to get, you can see their faces like, move, move, yeah. don't, don't. But here, everything was, people were happy to be back. And even the vendors, and even the talent, and even the talent is happy to be here. We interviewed uh, Sam J. Jones, and he was just great. And, and you know, so I like that everybody's happy that we're back. I think everybody feels the same. We're back, and let's move forward. Let's do it. So I want to give, as uh, Charlie mentioned, I want to give a shout-out to Sam Jane Jones for a really great interview. Uh, L-Man Jane Fellow did that very well. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Frank Patz and John Rosas. Um, Pat Shand. <laughs> Pat Shand we also did an interview with, yes. So I want to thank, uh, got big shout-out to those guys for having a great con and making the con even better for us. Do you have any other shout-outs or final thoughts? Well, I'll just say thank you to Long Island and the, the Eternal Con because I am definitely a little claustrophobic. This is a great con to be at. If you don't want anyone to touch you, you don't want anyone to bump into you, you can appreciate all the greatness that a con can give you and all the creativity uh, without feeling claustrophobic and with great parking. So I think this should be the next Comic-Con. Don't tell anyone because then it'll blow up too much, right? That's true. Final thought there, Charlie? Well, I think, like I said, I, I want to thank, first of all, let's thank Frank, Frank Pat. Uh, his hospitality has always been amazing to us. So I want to thank him. I want to thank John. You know his last name. Rosa. Yeah, him. And I want to thank him for uh, the passes. And everybody who's working here, all the volunteers, they are just so, so helpful. And uh, man, your security. Yes, man, your security. Thank you very much for keeping it safe. And, of course, a final shout-out to uh, Adena Velez. Thanks you very much. Yeah, yeah, Manny is, is doing his job, and all the volunteers that work security also. Uh, they're just right on top of uh, things, making people safe, making the talent safe. I think the talent feels better being here because, you know, they're doing their job. So, uh, yeah, hats off to them, especially since I have a security license. Yeah, I'm just, how's your hand, Jeff? Hats off and pants off. So uh, make sure you guys go check out www.eternalcon.com. Uh, next convention will be next year, so make sure you yeah, do that. And you also I, run the uh, WinterCon, so make sure you guys go check out that. And Charlie has a final thought before we go. I have, I have a final thought. The first convention I went to Mark, it took him 
about an hour to get into the convention because he knows everybody. And I say my years on it came from the radio. It's such a joyous experience now because I'm at that level where you walk into a convention and it's like a huge wedding. Everybody's here that you know, the hellos, hey, nice to see you, especially after the COVID quarantine. Nice to see you. So it's just an amazing feeling. So that's what I enjoy about it. All right, so with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with a game from the radio. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. You know this is L-Man, you're listening to a came from the radio, I'm here with Paranormal Investigators. And this is Michael Carnuto from the Long Island Paranormal Investigators. I'm actually the founder of LIPI. Uh, we've been around since 2003. We investigate all different urban legends of Long Island uh, using all different scientific equipment. Basically, the group started out as a dare. Um, I dared two of my friends to go into Kings Park Psych Center. They did. They got some cool stuff while they were in there, and I kind of made us kind of go forward and do the group and uh ever since that been capturing crazy evidence throughout the years and that's what we do we love it so so i have some friends sure. that did a, a little a little show and they went to king's park i feel like every okay. paranormal yeah, show yeah. probably goes there what are some things that you heard or saw there that's so, interesting um some of the stuff that we heard at king's park a lot of banging sounds that's oh unexplainable God. um we caught some different types of audio on our audio recorders audio cassette as well and uh, there was one time when we were in um, the quad, which is building 41, 42, 43, and we're in one of the day rooms, and it felt like we were surrounded by just all the doorways, like we're blocked by something. And uh, we kind of got a little freaked out. Yeah, like it was weird. Blocked? Like you thought you'd like, it out? Like, yeah, it was like they, they, there's like people standing there. And um, we stayed there for a little bit. We got some hits on our equipment. So we left that side of the building, went to the other side, calmed down, we went back into that room. It was right. quiet. We didn't feel that anymore. So whatever was there wasn't there anymore. So it's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. So here, I'll tell you. Three people told me there's something in my basement. Two people pointed to the same spot in the basement by the exit sign. Okay. Um, and one person said it wasn't human. And one person described the smell. I sometimes smell in the basement, sometimes. Right. So how would you respond to that if I was coming to you uh, as a client? So the first thing I would do is I would do an initial walkthrough with like an EMF meter to see if there was any high EMF. A lot of times if there's a high EMF area, it can give you those types of feelings. Okay. So I would check that first. And if that came up empty, then we would just kind of investigate it and see what else we could find. Um, take a lot of photos. We could drop like an audio recorder there to see if we can capture any evidence. So. And if you found something, what would you do? <laughs> well, we, that's up to the client. Um, we'd ask you what you'd want to do. If you want to get rid of it, we'd do house cleansing to try to get rid of it out of your house. Or some people just want to know if you know if there's something there and they're not crazy. So, any thoughts from your bodyguard right here? <laughs> uh, I just want to say my name's James. I'm the tech manager. I'm not actually the bodyguard. I am the pretty face of the group, um, as you can clearly see. But uh, yeah, if we go into your house or location and see if we get any evidence, we will always present it. And really, it's 
up to the client to see because we don't want to not everything is bad that might be in your house everyone thinks oh there's a ghost oh it must be horrible and whatever but sometimes they just want to be friendly and a lot of clients think oh well it's just it's just kind of there you just kind of become part of the family so we don't want to cleanse something that somebody doesn't want to be cleansed so it it really does go on a case-by-case basis so what are some common misconceptions that a lot of the public has about paranormal activity uh that that everything's a demon and um just to let everyone know it's not always a demon there are many types of hauntings um it could be residual intelligent it's just because you hear a bump in the night it is uh doesn't make it automatically a demon i'm sorry to tell you i mean humans can be more scary than paranormals right uh yeah so we actually do a lot of urban legend investigations and we are definitely more scared of uh other humans than anybody that we uh any ghost that we might encounter so yeah, yeah the, the pr for humans this year is not great it's just like constant <laughs> bad news that honestly it's gotten to me it's even brainwashed me i'm like oh humans i don't know So any thoughts for society or came from the radio? Related to anything. Anything that can be not related to paranormal. I don't have it. Michelle, you have anything? Anything on your mind, on your heart right now, weighing heavy on your shoulders, or or something you're happy about that you want to celebrate? I just want to celebrate everything. I mean, (laughs) no, like... It's one of those things that a lot of people keep saying the world's in kind of a bad place right now, but it's kind of up to us to get it to be better. It's it's weird because we actually notice when the world's in a bad place, it kind of gets paranormal activity a little more aggressive. It kind of increases. So, but, you know, everything will be all right. It'll be fine. We'll get over it. We have for years, and we will continue to do so for years. Go humans. This is my final thought. I was saying this last night, very late night. Um, I believe maybe that when people pass, perhaps they can guide you, help you more than when they're alive, because they can actually be everywhere. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, They've obviously have been to the next level and can kind of guide us to that if people need that. Um, Yeah, I believe that. I think that that's definitely a thing that the people that pass on do guide us through the rest of our lives to try to kind of put us in the right direction per se so yeah so where can people find you instagram facebook website we have instagram facebook all social media website is www.liparanormalinvestigators.com and if you go on that website you can contact you can get basically all of our information for all of our social media thank you very much you can listen to it came from the radio see you later back to you Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. Hi, Radioheads. You know I'm L-Man. I'm here with Mark Bradford. He created a dating site, a card game. He's the author of Upside Down, The Sword and the Sunflower, and a book on success and being happy, which I really want to get into. So, hi. Well, hi there. So, all right. The Sword and the Sunflower. It features a girl who lost everything. Now, in life, many of us have bottomed out, felt like we lost everything. 
At one point, I lost the ability to walk. I lost the ability to enjoy life. Uh, I had back pain that was super debilitating. I couldn't even walk across the room. At the same time, I had ended a three-year relationship, moved from what felt like a palace to a really small, confined space. Um, I also gained 20 pounds in under two months. So life life was kind of hard. Um, I had enough money to eat. So there, there, I had that going for me. Three That's tires awesome. popped on my car. But anyway, enough about me. Um, oh, yeah, my friends moved out of the country too. All of my friends were international. So yeah. I felt like I lost everything. Here's the question. What do you think are some of the benefits to losing it all? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And first of all, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Uh, I can actually relate on the people moving away. Like a lot of my friends are in other states, which is really annoying. My son moved yeah. to Germany. Thank you very much, universe. And uh, so that's really annoying. Um, I think one of the things that you, one of the first things you get from that is that just like the song, which I did a really a reel on, is you don't know what you don't have until you lose it. Like you, you don't know what you had, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of people who take a lot of things for granted. And I'm not saying you took stuff for granted. A little. Okay. You know, it's it's not hard. I mean, when stuff starts to pile up in life, you start to do that. And, you know, there's a positive side to taking things for granted because we should have that. We should have the ability to have like the person in our life who loves us very much to not question it every single day, you know? So that's, you're kind of taking it for granted. I guess there's a fine line, but Mm -hmm. To belabor the point, I guess, yeah, first of all, you, you when you lose stuff, you're like, oh, I had that. Oh, that's kind of cool. I think yeah. I want that again, right? And then the second thing that you have is this clean slate. And I mean, I guess I would compare that to, if you have this clean slate, it's like someone says, can you write a book on something that makes you happy? Okay. okay. Or you can take my crappy book that I've already written and rewrite it to make yourself happy. So it's kind of like if your life had all these things going on that were wrong and everything's gone, you have a clean slate to start from that. You can kind of go, okay, well, now that I don't have anything, I don't have any expectations. I don't have any, well, I had this. I'll just build from nothing. Yeah, I kind of did. And I also moved to New York from DC after 10 years right after. So I did really restart. Yeah. So that was interesting. All right, moving on. Because yeah. this is more of a rapid fire since we only got 20 minutes. We could go on for 90 minutes. Now, you wrote Alchemy for Life, Formulas for Success. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone has, well, many people have things they want to achieve, but they many just never bring their fantasies into life. So just texting and correspondence can eat up your entire day. I've had many days with weeks just gone text and correspondence, and I barely even got anything done. So what are a few behaviors you recommend removing or adding to become highly productive? Yeah. And so obviously highly productive is subjective because we can do things that are highly useful, but not productive or highly productive, but not enjoyable. Just like Mm -hmm. if you're an artist, if you're into, if you have the creative side of your brain firing, you can do things that people would say, well, that's not productive at all. But then a month later, you're like, oh yeah, I'm glad I kept doing that over and over again. Now I get it. Now I, I produce this beautiful thing. Having mm-hmm. said that, I'm sorry for this complex answer. I like I it. like I like to take steps back from things versus going, okay, uh, what's two plus two? Well, hold on. So when it comes to when it comes to just removing things, you sort of do yourself a disservice by saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. It worked for Bill, it must work for me. But instead, mm-hmm. I say that life is made of three things: time, energy, and resources. Period. Mm-hmm. And you can wrestle me if you think that there's something else, but I'm gonna win. So um, 
So, and, and I always envision that people have this flask. They wake up in the morning and it's filled with this swirly liquid. It's filled with time, energy, and resources. And you spill a little bit out for your hobbies. You spill a little bit out for the person you're, you're, you're dealing with for your job, for the other stuff, for, for emptying the dishwasher. And sometimes you're like, oh, it's seven o'clock and it's empty. Great. And so like, you're completely exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. So managing that is very important before you do anything else, your time, energy, and your resources. And so to give you something useful, I guess, for my, for my long-winded answer, I would say um, people a lot of times will say, well, how do you have time for that? Like they'll say that to me all the time when I'm in my hands and all this stuff. Well, it's not about time. It's about energy. That's what the question should be. How do you have the energy for that? Because mm-hmm. if you want to come home and let's say, again, using the book as a, as a metaphor, you come home and you're like, you know, I'm going to write this great novel. Okay. Well, I get home. I have three hours. That's three hours of writing. Why didn't you write? Why did you stare at the TV and watch The Bachelor and drink a glass of wine? Because you're exhausted, because you don't have any energy. Mm -hmm. And so you need to change that stuff first. If you have a job that's exhausting you and you can't get your project off the ground, maybe you need to change your job or change your job duties. You know, or maybe dating isn't working because you're just not in the frame of mind. You just don't have any energy for it, or you're not truly making time to go on dates and things like that. So I guess I would start there first. And I would say to add on, check the cost benefit ratio of everything you do. So the costs outweigh the benefits, maybe make those things lesser. Like last, like I'm a little tired, but I did take care of my energy yesterday. So we were able to do this interview today but I could have taken care of my energy a little bit more and then I have a little bit more spice maybe right now. Well, I I rate your spiciness at an acceptable level. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So moving on, you created a dating website. Yeah, I did. In my 37 years, I communicated with two guys on one dating site. This was like back in 2013. I met up with one and we stayed in touch for, well, I guess, uh, we lost touch because he moved out of the continent, but we stayed in touch for six years. So I guess it was a successful online date. Yeah. Um, I just intuitively knew it would be a match just from photos. I was like, okay, this is going to be great. Now, what dating advice do you have since you create a dating site for properly selecting a compatible mate date? Yeah. So well, again, I'll back up. So you knew that because in I seven seconds, it. we decide whether we like someone or not. We yeah. have the nature, the nurture, the evolution, all that stuff that allows us to magically sweep a room in Starbucks, let's say, and go, I like that person. I like that person. Mm -hmm. All the stuff that comes into play is absolutely amazing. And dating sites will take credit for that. There's no algorithm. There's no, there's no matching thing. None of that stuff does anything. That's why they all use the same little tiny picture and you go, I like them. I don't like them. I like them enough to read more about them and so forth. In I wrote a book called The Status Game and The Status Game 2, and now The Status Game 3 is going to come out. And it basically explains how we connect. And we connect in one of three ways besides that initial spark, because you have to have that spark. Like if you didn't have any spark with the guy, you're like, oh, Bill, Frank, a lamp, I don't care. You need to actually go, oh, hello. And so when you have that initial spark, you then make three kinds of connections. It's either going to be an additional physical one where you're like, man, this guy's so hot. I hope that there's something on the inside that matches the outside. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you connect intellectually where you're like, I really respect this person. They're really, really smart and funny and all that good stuff. And, and then the third one is sort of a spiritual thing. And it's not really religion or spirituality, although it could be, but it's sort of like, wow, they have such a good heart. They're such a good person. 
And then the other stuff flows from that. If you make two connections of the, of the three that I just said, you're probably going to seriously want to not let that person go. And if you can somehow make all three, man, you should do whatever you can to, to, to keep that person in your life. So yeah. having said that, I think getting past that initial spark, you kind of want to figure out why you're connecting with someone. Um, and I have a longer answer and I know this is rapid fire. Can I expand or? or... Yeah, we got time. Oh, oh, okay, cool. So the premise of the status game too, is that in front of us, we have a dashboard like a car. So in a car, you have a dashboard, which is throwing all the stuff at you. And the biggest gauge is the most important one. It's the speed. That's the thing that'll kill you. And then mm-hmm. it goes smaller and smaller, and smaller, but they're still on there. I envision that we have a dashboard for people we're attracted to. And the bigger the gauge, the more important the thing is. So you may, some women height is huge with them. No pun intended. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And and there's a reason that's kind of a false gauge for, for women, because it's more about security, but they go for height and you can have, you can go have a a glass of wine with, with Marcy. And she's complaining again about the guy that's an a-hole again, but he's tall and she can't see the fact that she's simply going for tall guys and doesn't care whether they're a-holes or not. So we have these gauges that, that attract us to people. You may, because of your last relationship, kindness is really important. Loyalty, the ability to hold down a job. When you're younger, you meet this guy with long hair and he has a soul of a poet and he always just sits there and plays his guitar, but never really cleans up, but oh, he's so wonderful. And then you have kids and you're like, dude, you need to get a job. It's because suddenly your gauges change because of the importance of things in your life. So once you kind of figure out your gauges and what your what's important in your life, you'll start to see the patterns of who you go for, mm-hmm. even though they're kind of invisible. And you'll start to to go, oh, okay, I get this. And the big thing I would say is don't beat yourself up. The gauges don't lie. There's nothing wrong with what they tell you. They are what they are. Yeah. And it is interesting how you sometimes people say that you have to go through a few months or years with one type to make you appreciate the next type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. People, people change dramatically when they, when they get divorced, they go and they go, I know what I don't want. Yeah. You know, and so they'll typically go for people who exemplify the, the, the things that they didn't get from the last relationship. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 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 A thousand percent. Wow. Thank you so much for those. Um, Okay. So now we're going to go away from dating. Now the sword and the sunflower book forces the reader to question existentialism, world structures, and religious fervor, in your wording. Now, living a life just based on the pharmaceutical lies is definitely one reason countless humans, maybe even millions, are depressed, out of shape, needlessly take antibiotics, even taking antibiotics once a year is too much, but it's very common. Um, What do you think people must question to live a life based on truth? Hmm. So, First of all, the, thank you for that. The that was actually the first review I got of the Sword and the Sunflower quite some time ago. Cool. It is. So what I would say is the things that people need to to question is just simply everything. It, yeah. You really need to question everything, and I mean, I mean that in a really good way, and that's what I try to do with not only my books but my podcast is like to get people to look at things the way I keep seeing things, which drives me nuts. I see them from an angle most people don't, and I like to question things because you get so you get into tunnel vision where you're like, well, I didn't know I could kind of do that with it, or I didn't know this was adjacent to it, and you don't get that way unless you ask questions. And so, I think 
it's it's good. People are so afraid to ask questions because they don't want to challenge the superiors or challenge, you know, uh, common knowledge and so forth. But things that we believed in the 1900s are absurd now. I mean, look at, you know, Copernicus and, and, and everything else about like, you know, uh, the paradigm shift of the earth being the center of the universe or the fact that like washing your hands was a silly thing before surgery, you know, yeah. things like that. We, we just need to like keep questioning that. And I think it just sharpens your mind and it just it gives you more intellectual control over your life. So I guess I would say everything. I'm glad that they questioned the abacus because maybe we wouldn't have the calendar. And, you know, some of my friends are there. It's just like an abacus. It's like they're very difficult to count on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to your, the dating sites. Now, yeah. according to my dating friends, I really don't have much experience with dating at all. Um, I hear that sending risque photos within the first week is very common. Now, do you think that people should keep photos, which they say it says a thousand words. So I don't know what a, a video, how many words a video would say. Um, do you think that people should keep things professional in the first week or two or nah, just send those risque photos and video? Yeah. I like, I like that you're sort of a friend says, so you're insulated against that. So that's, Oh, cool. it's not me. No, I'm kidding. I'm giving you a hard time. Um, so I guess, again, the, the problem with that is not the, in the first week or so sending pictures, it's a, you should have already met. So, and I know people have busy schedules and they're up and comers and movers and shakers and all that other cliche stuff, but you should really try to meet the person as soon as possible. And it has nothing to do with being desperate because Mm -hmm. if, if you're hungry, you're not going to go, well, maybe on Thursday, I'll have something to eat. No, you're going right. to eat dinner tonight because it's a necessity and it's important in your life. And so that should be the same level of importance. You should be like, well, I really connected with this person. I want to meet them because one of the things that happens is the longer you wait to meet them, the more you're going to start texting. The, yes. more, you, the more you start texting, the more your brain's going to fill in all the spaces with the best possible outcome. So if somebody starts talking naughty and 50 shades of gray, you're going to start filling it all in and go, oh, baby. And then you meet the person, you're like, oh, my God, I had that conversation with them. So you really should meet them sooner than later. And then as far as the photos, it does seem inevitable. Like, this is what I run into all the time, even with like very professional, sensible women. They're like, hello, here's the girls. And you're like, okay, then like, it's really surprising. It's really surprising. And I just say people want to earn that. Like, I want to earn that. Like, I think right. that I want to move through the levels. I'm happy to tell you, you know, all these things or, or, or find out all these things about you, but I want to, I want to take it step by step at a time. So mm-hmm. yeah, so. that's that advice is very similar to mine. I have a lot of friends that confer with me with dating and it seems like all of them, they get in this texting thing for days, weeks, even months. And so why are you wasting and, and they might be wasting the equivalent of two days of their entire life just texting someone. But I, my, my rebuttal to that is basically, you don't know what they smell like. It, it, the, the body smells and the pheromones, you can't get through text. And I remember this actually happened to me a while ago. I met the guy in person, maybe a few times. And I was like, oh, maybe we could date or be boyfriend, girlfriend. You know, I don't like the dating thing. Um, so I had gone to, I got on a shoot out of state and I probably texted him for several days back and forth because I'm stuck on a shoot. So I had all this free time. So I just got into the texting. This was almost 10 years ago. My MO is much different. I don't text now. And when I met up with him, he smelled in a way that just wasn't compatible and it grossed me out. And it's like, 
you don't know what someone smells like. So don't text them. Texting is such a waste of time. So I always say just text enough just to get the um, enough information to know if you want to meet them or not. Right. And then just go meet them. I'm thrilled you mentioned smell because that's such an important thing to me because it tells me a couple things. If they smell weird or they, or they melt or they, or they wear perfume, that's like old lady perfume or something. I'm like, if you think that smells good, then mm-hmm. there are other things you think smells good that don't smell good. And I don't want to go in your house. Cause it probably smells like a bird cage oh. or, or whatever. No, no offense to bird lovers, but it's like, I can't exist around that or in a bathroom right. that has like smells like that or whatever. I, that's, in a, that's a, such an intimate thing. I mean, we, we, we communicate so much with scent and it means mm-hmm. so much to us. And people are just like, you know, most men are like these knuckle dragging Cro-Magnons that, oh, you smell pretty, but they don't get the nuance of why they find this person attractive. Right. And that's and one of the reasons. Even, see the perfume thing and the cologne I could deal with because you can fix that. But what I'm talking about is I actually made this person jump in the shower, man, if he sees this, and and he still got out of the shower and he still smelled, it was like his smell just wasn't compatible with my smell. I, you know, when I have a body odor, I'm not saying I smell like cotton candy all the time. It's, you know, certain things (laughs) will work with me or not, you know, my bad smell works for certain people, but my bad smell maybe is too bad for certain people. And his, his good smell just didn't work for me. So yeah. Final question. <laughs> final, final question. Uh, writing books, it definitely requires the discipline to produce, even on days where the motivation is not there. Unless, or, may, or else it might take you several months or years if you're not producing on days where you just don't want to do it. You got to do things on days you don't want to do it. So right. what advice can you give to people to consistently to create on days where you don't want to work, maybe at least a few days a week? I'd say that's pretty consistent. Yeah. So how would you stay consistent and stay motivated and energized and to speak more clearly than me right now? <laughs> I, I think, I think you're fine. And I'm actually struggling to make sure that I'm concise too, under the time constraints. Cause I have like a, a billion things to say on this. So yeah, we'll make this the last like two minutes. Yeah. Okay. So I would say, first of all, you know, exercise the writing muscle. And so I, I had a rule for myself when I first started writing that seven in the morning to eight in the morning, I would write, and it would have to be something not an email. I, and I ended up going on Quora and writing all these articles and all this stuff, but just write and don't beat yourself up if you don't feel like writing. I know that's the opposite of what you think, but, but if you force yourself to write and you write garbage, you're just going to be mad at yourself and okay. you, you kind of have to respect it. And the biggest thing I say for people to, that, that stops them from writing is you have to give yourself a license to write because writing more often than not, even when it's for work, feels like you're screwing, screwing around. Because when you're in the zone and you're writing, especially if you're writing fiction, you're like, you know, dude, get a job, you know, grow up. And it's like, it's right. just that part of your brain that says you're kind of enjoying this. I don't know if you're working or not, man. So you just have to mm-hmm. give yourself that license to allow yourself to write and, and, to, and to carve out that time. Hmm. Okay. So the final question or final okay. thoughts what are your final thoughts for society and listeners of it came from the radio? I guess I would say, first of all, if they enjoy listening to you, they should make it known. There's so many people out there that, that listen to podcasts and everything else and they don't rate them. So they should really, they should, you know, they, they should find you on Instagram. They should follow you. They should comment on your stuff and they should rate you if they like this, because it yeah. takes effort to do something like this, to be consistent and to, and to have interviews and, and to produce content and, there are a lot of people out there are like, oh, I love that. Did you right. rate it? Well, no. So I'm just, I guess I would tell them first of all to, right. to you know, appreciate your time because I think it's really important. Yeah, so. rate it, comment. I try to do that. When I really like something, I try to, 
I'll try to say something really nice instead yeah. of just glossing over it. Yeah. It yeah. does add up and it helps yeah. the algorithm. And if you don't like it, you know, I, I actually like to hear that too. I welcome that. Absolutely. It's wonderful to actually hear, you know, criticism that's not horrible and just criticism that's like, you know, I wish you would do this more. This sort of took away mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, it's wonderful to have it. But working in a vacuum is really difficult. I posted one joke. I haven't gotten too much hate on jokes I posted. I posted one joke and someone commented, this ain't it. <laughs> oh, that's I, agree. I appreciate it. That was funny. Yeah. So Mark Bradford, thank you so much for being on. It came from the radio. You're welcome. And that's a wrap. Back to you in the studio, Mark. The if you had any honor, you would listen to sci-fi.radio. The sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla. Now, back to our show. You know this is El Man. You're listening to It Came From The Radio, and I'm with Pat Shand. Or you can chant his name, but it's Pat Shand. And Armand is uh, eye candy for the day. <laughs> so these are, these are very interesting, interesting books. They don't really look like your typical superhero comics at all, right? No? I'd say so. They That's kind right. of look like relationship. Uh, like They remind me of like uh, L Word, relationship type stuff like what genre would this be i'd say uh destiny new york i pitch as magic realism drama slice of life crime what are your favorite topics to write about uh topics to write about yeah. say life and death the, the the idea that um we live life knowing that we're gonna die and just examining what that is what is death to us what is uh the fear of death so in, um Horror ways, in dramatic ways, fantasy ways. So let's say you were going to die Tuesday. How would you spend the next few days? <laughs> Is that a threat? Uh, no, just, you know. How would I spend the, <laughs> the next yeah, few days? Yeah, what would days? you do? We got July 4th on <clears throat> Monday, so you can get it popping on Monday with some fireworks oh, and celebrate how great this country is lately i don't know i would uh on monday i would celebrate by writing my will okay um and uh tuesday i would dude i would just tell my wife that i love her okay say mom you know sorry to go first deuces deuces all right cool uh anyone that you would tell you know you would say something that you wouldn't have said naturally Oh, um, some final. I'd be scared to uh, do something negative in my final okay. few days, but there are a few people that, you know, I don't feel really, I, I kind of don't hold back from saying what I feel in the moment. Right. Um, so I think that anyone who, who thinks that kind of knows how I feel already. So, okay. So let's go back to your work. So you write, yeah. do you ink it, do you draw, do you do all this? I write, I write. You write it. Yeah. So who's doing the drawing and, and the inking uh, and, and who's coloring it? Every book is different, you know. Every um, book's different, okay. Destiny in New York, it starts with Manuel Pritano. He's my co-creator. Um, we've had amazing artists such as uh, Rosie Campi, Eliza Ramboli, Matteo Leone, and uh, every title that I do tends to have a different artist. Okay. But we have uh, artists that we go back to time and time again. So what, what can someone who's reading this for the first time, <laughs> me, what can I expect? I like her makeup. I'm a makeup artist. Oh, I yeah? Like, I like the, did she kill someone? Because she has, like, two little dot teardrops. Oh, those are birthmarks, yeah. Oh, those are birthmarks. Yeah. So she didn't um, kill someone. She's not in no. a gang? Um, 
Oh, she's not, but uh, she is. She is a uh, mystical mob boss. Okay. Uh, my pitch for Destiny York is that it is a story about a girl. Uh, she had a prophecy made about her when she was young. She completes her destiny when she's just 13. Mm. And now she's in her 30s trying to figure out life post-destiny. Post-destiny. Are we, okay, okay. Can we do one more? What about this one? Gangster Ass Barista? Gangster Ass Barista. That is a spin-off of Destiny New York. It is about a woman who was in a gang, and now mm-hmm. she's trying to, you know, live life on the straight and narrow. Work at a coffee shop, pay rent, but the life of crime begins to drag her back in, so she has to ask herself, am I going to stick to this new path? Or go back to my old ways. So what does she like about the life of crime? Because crime can offer you some benefits. Yeah. How did she benefit from being in crime? You know, there's the rebellious nature of that kind of lifestyle. There's the money. Um, there is a certain kind of um, freedom that not putting yourself in the confines of, of the law can bring to your life. Um, but also, she's hurt people and she doesn't want to do that anymore, you know? Now, speaking of the law... If you could, this is my final question, I think. I know, I often lie. If you were going to make a new law or a, abolish a law, what would you what would you add? Make a new, uh, see, I'll stick to make a new law. The, the abolishing thing might get too serious. Okay. So the new law, I'd say, is that, um, well, new law, um, <laughs> oh, no, no bagging into spots. It, no backing pull in, in or there's a spot in front you you pull through I, i'm almost cursing right now i'm, I'm not gonna do it why but, wait why are you so against backing in not that i do it i don't do it because they do it so they can pull out easily oh. however the backing in is what causes problems it, it causes it dense forever. dings don't do it don't okay. do it and they're like showing off i think people do it to show off they're like Haha, look at me i could back into the spot look at me i could i couldn't agree more so, any final thoughts for society? And it came from the radio. Anything you'd like to share on any topic? Um, he's he's next up. He's next up. Next up yeah. for what? Comics. For comics. Yeah. What's what's he next up for? What's he gonna do? He's gonna write. He's gonna publish. Huh? Uh, as far as me, check out our Kickstarter right now. Okay. It's cheeky. Um, it is an anthology of adult stories. It is on Kickstarter right now, uh, tinyurl.com slash cheekycomic. And where can we find you on Instagram and Facebook? It's my name everywhere, Pat Shand, and my company, Space Between Ent. All right. And how do you spell Shand? S-H-A-N-D. Okay. This is radio, so we want to make sure everyone hears everything clearly. And on that note, back to more came from the radio. My arm is shaking. See you later. Thank you. Ah! Here we go. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. You know this is L-Man. You're on It Came From The Radio. And I'm with here, Sam, Jay Jones. We're keeping up with the Joneses today. So, hello. <laughs> thanks for being on the radio with L-Man. Well, thanks, Jen, for having me. And so, we are at Eternal Con in Eternal Con right Long Island. We are. So... Some people are saying the universe is in trouble or maybe the world is in trouble. What are some, how would you save the universe today? (laughs) Just you. Only you can do it. Well, you you know, it's a great point you brought up. Um, You know, COVID was a bad thing, right? You see, for many, not for Amazon. Well, all of us human beings, we're not designed for isolation. 
No. We're designed for community. Yes. And that's what, thank God, that's what you guys, that's what you're doing with your show. Yeah. That's what we're doing at the Comic Cons. But the way I would help remedy everybody and everything right now is we got to laugh. Yeah. Top thing is, top, top, yeah, top. Stop taking things so serious. Right. And the most important thing, especially for us men, we got to stop taking offense at what people say. That's right. To us, we got to stop being offended. If we right. truly are confident in who we are mm-hmm. and where we're going, then why in the world are we going to take offense at what people say to us? So I just say, let's laugh. And a lot of people are hurting, and that's probably why they slash out at us. And we don't know people. what people are going through. You know, people have lost family members. Yeah. So, so I guess my encouragement for everybody during this time is let's build each other up. And if somebody does attack us verbally, you know, maybe they just need a big old hug. And yeah. if it's a guy who's being a little bit aggressive, you bring him to me. I'll give him a big old hug until I hear maybe some bones cracking. And then I'll speak a big blessing over him afterwards. So you see that? If you get offended by my comedy show on July 10th, this is my answer right here. He's talking for me. And we have the Flash here talking. So you were also in the movie Ted. That's right. Love yeah. that movie. Collected teddy bears. Now, if you were, let's say, to have a crazy day of partying, well, not a night of partying, a day of partying, I like day parties, <laughs> with me and Ted, how would you recover the next day? What are some of your recovery tips? Because you, you're very sharp, and you, are you just naturally sharp, or do you have certain foods that you eat or workout plans? Well, see, I take it back. You said recovery, so you're going, you're going forward, right? So yeah, I would take it back on the party itself. I'm going to party uh-huh. like it's the 80s, and okay. meaning I'm going to wake up the following day with no no headache and no hangover, okay? Is that what happened in the 80s? I was born in 84. Oh, I, didn't know that, I didn't know, like, hangovers only came Well, Flash in the Gordon 90s. came out Christmas 1980. Okay. And then, of course, Ted and Ted 2. That was a strong theme that Wahlberg and Seth MacFarlane did, and that's why they brought me in, just to play myself sort of from the 80s era. But yeah, it's all about the party itself. If we're going to get crazy and stupid and foolish, then uh, sometimes you won't even wake up the next day. So I, I take it a step further. Why, why even have a headache when you wake up the next day? So I want to remedy the actual party itself. Okay. Have so much fun, but in control. I like wheatgrass, too. When I used to drink, I don't drink anymore. Wheatgrass was a big thing. Moringa, green smoothies, raw cacao. I had a whole... Health I'm, protocol. I'm listening to you. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, a whole health protocol for drinking. But I don't drink anymore. Okay. So one more question for yeah. tips for humanity. You're very on point. Yeah. You're, you got a really good attitude. Very infectious smile. How do you stay so positive? Because I've tried the other way. Oh, you know, I okay. used to take offense at what people would say. Mm. I used to watch TV and movies, and I'd point my fingers and blame the world and say, well, why didn't they hire me for that role? Well, they're not hiring you, Sam, because your attitude freaking sucks. So if we want people to be friendly with us, if we want to have favor with people, especially decision makers, Mm -hmm. then then we need to be friendly ourselves. We need to have a spirit of excellence. We need to stop pointing fingers and blaming the world. And we just need to take charge and smile. And make other people smile. That's that's what we need to do. It's Thank simple, you. isn't it? It's a common sense deal. There's no great mystery to figure out. And I wish that always produced those results. Usually it does, but you know, you get some outliers there that don't respond well to kindness. Well, you send them to me, Jen. You send them to me. <laughs> that's okay. What I'll do.
as well do so thank you so much any final thoughts for society and it came from the radio oh no it was th thank god that uh, jen and and her team uh, are doing this show because i i, I believe it's a really good message and uh if you're not watching it came from the radio then you're watching the wrong show he said it i did it and thank you so much back to more it came from the radio this has been oh man yes. we're gonna be on a flash This is Carrie Steller from In the Girls Corner, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook. Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.